It's the Flyers Forecast with Steve Jaco and Craig Forsythe taking a look at your Flyers week ahead. Hello, people of Philadelphia. Welcome back to the Flyers Forecast. I am Steve Jaco. This is Craig Forsythe, and we are here to preview the Flyers week ahead for December 2nd. It's December already. It's cold. We're here talking hockey. How are you, Craig? Oh, baby, I'm all right. I'm cold, but like you said, there's hockey on, so it's not as it's not as bad. And I'll tell you what's warming me up, though, Steve. And this is I'm going to try for this already, but it was it was a nice warm month that the Flyers have for November. If I if I may, can I can I continue here? I, I okay. On? Well, you, you ramble on, sing that song, but before you do that, I'm gonna just make everybody groan and hate their lives because I'm gonna say while the weather outside is frightful. The Flyers are so delightful. Okay, all right. So now that that's out of the way, and I want to emphasize that Steve said that, let's talk about the Flyers for November. They finished with the best record in the NHL, 10-2-4 record. Also tied the franchise record for most points in November. Very important stat. With 24. Happened three other times in franchise history. This is all according to Bill Bill Meltzer's article on the Flyers website from Sunday, so I don't want to. The other three times they've had 24 points in the month of November were 1979, which was, uh, if you guys are familiar with Flyers history, it was during their 35-game unbeaten streak, the longest unbeaten streak in North American sports. I think they went 25-0 and 10, 25 wins, 10 ties, whole thing. That was one of the other three times. Uh, the second time they did it was in 1985 which is the November that Pelly Lindbergh apparently passed away on November 10th. Uh, so probably going through some emotional, a little bit of a emotional uh, push for the team and probably helped them to that record. And, you know, uh, and then in 1990, they were just, uh, they just ended up being bad. Uh, they started off, they were 17, 10 and two through November and then finish out the rest of the season, 16, 27 and eight to finish 33, 37 and 10 for 76 points. So if we ignore that one season, the other two are signs that the Flyers should be in pretty good shape for this upcoming season. Uh, it and, never happened. It never happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Never. We don't need to talk about the early nineties. The early nineties were, um, the Flyers were out of town that whole time. They were busy. They were on a vacation, but, uh, I, I, you know, this is obviously a pretty good thing. The only thing I would point out to is just all the uh, all the overtime games. So a lot of nine nine of the sixteen games this month went past regulation. Uh, the Flyers had five regulation wins, two regulation losses, uh, and then they had four overtime or the four losses in the shootout, I believe. So they got a little bit of help from the loser point, but still pretty damn good month. Can't really complain hey, about that. a point is a point and you can't complain yep. about it. And look, honestly, I, so the, I mean, it means the flyers are competitive. It means they're in most, if not every game. And it feels like there have been a lot of overtime games in general through the first two months of the season. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way the league is anyway. And you know, we usually, we usually bitch and moan about when the flyers are trying to work their way into the playoff picture. And then all these three point games are happening around the division. So it's kind of nice that the flyers are getting there as early in the season stockpile these points uh and then instead of being on the outside looking in towards the end of the season hopefully they're in a playoff spot and just uh coasting these three-point games so i'll take it you know what i'm liking so far i'm liking that goal differential i mean it's nothing amazing but anytime you're in the positive it's a good thing 
Yeah, early. Yeah, yeah, especially early on too, because we're only you know third way of the season. So plus seven goal differential is pretty good. I mean, fifteen seven and five is pretty good. Uh, and there's not really, there's nothing to be too concerned about with any of the Flyers' uh, underlying numbers. So, uh, I mean, fifteenth in goals per game, sixth in goals against per game, which is, I mean, pretty good considering where this team's been the last couple of years. Thirteenth ranked power play, third ranked penalty kill. Again compared to where this team's been the last couple of years, the third-ranked penalty kill is is pretty impressive. Uh, and then ninth in shot attempts, four percentage, 15th in expected goals, four percentage. Uh, and in all those categories, they are not um, in the bottom 10 in any of those categories. The worst they are, uh, they are 17th in terms of generating uh, expected goals, uh, the expected goal rate. But besides that, everything else is, they're playing well. The team looks like they're playing well in there. I mean, they're finding ways to win, which they didn't do last year. It seems to be a lot more uh, defensively responsible, which will help you win games. And now they also have Carter Hart reaching Carter Hart level. And Brian Elliott is actually a fine backup. Pretty good backup, actually. So there's not... I don't know. I that I don't have too, too much to complain about right now with this team. And I think yeah. I said too, too much twice already, but you know. It's a nice change of pace, and if you're somebody who is a more casual Flyers fan listening to this to to beef up on your Flyers knowledge, essentially, it is okay to think this team is good right now. It is... You're allowed to. You can, yeah. You're allowed to. Yeah. You, they, they're they not Which, terrible. It's okay to actually have a, a minimal amount of faith in this team being pretty good, and you might be looking for a nice alternative considering the Eagles uh, utterly suck right now and are yeah, disgrace yeah. and just make me feel shame shame <laughs> yeah we, I, don't, I don't even know who we don't Eagles need to are. talk about it who are the yeah, Eagles? Yeah. we don't know it's a rock band from the 70s but <laughs> the flyers pretty good in a good spot definitely you can feel okay liking the flyers right now yes and you know it's not something we could have said for any of the last couple seasons so right now it does feel it does feel pretty good um and uh, they are going to be a little tested this week. But I think, again, I don't know how many times I say this, but uh, it's looking like they should take two of these three, especially the last game, which will have the, the nice revenge factor for the Flyers. Uh, I'm thinking four out of six again this week. But let's, uh, oh, let's take a look at a couple uh, of these uh, games. You're just guaranteed 0-2-1. Yeah, I absolutely guaranteed a, a week with no points. But you guys can blame that on me when we come back to it. <laughs> I think, well, I will say, I think the biggest challenge is going to be the one that happens tonight uh when everybody's listening but the the game in philadelphia against the maple leafs um yes because, uh, flyers play the maple leafs tuesday home game 7 p.m on nbc sports philly and good old espn plus which i know all of you are subscribed to and regularly watch <laughs> hey well i mean i'll just put it out there it's a part of the disney plus package just saying in case uh, we got some, if you get, you got to get that court. bundle though. You got to get that bundle, Craig. You got to get the whole. Oh, bundle. okay, that's what. It's not. Okay. It's not defaultly with it, so you know. Okay, who even knows uh, uh, scratch that. Nobody watches. Nobody watch it. Forget <laughs> about it. So, the the Maple Leafs, of course, their their big story is recently fired coach Mike Babcock. Yeah, I mean that would be the and the fires in a way. So uh, the the shootout win that the Flyers had in Toronto on November 9th was the game that Mike uh, Mitch Marner got hurt, not Mike Marner. <laughs> Mitch Marner got hurt, and he is going to return on Wednesday. Uh, I believe it's the earliest he can come back. So the Flyers are not going to be playing him. But also, it started a six-game losing streak uh, that resulted in Mike Babcock being fired, 
and then uh, Sheldon Keith coming up. And since Sheldon Keith has been behind the bench, the Maple Leafs have won four or five games and look like a little bit of a different team. So this isn't going to be the same team that the Flyers had pretty close contest against the, the first time or times around and got a win in one of them. Uh, I think the, the Leafs are probably going to be on that emotional upswing of getting Mike Babcock the fuck out of the building. So they are probably, I assume, going to come out flying on Tuesday. And uh, they, I mean, their underlying numbers have also gone up uh, since the last time the Flyers played them. They're now third in shot attempts, four percentage, and uh, 14th in expected goals, four percentage. They were around that the last time they played, but uh, the I believe the expected goals against for 60 has gone up a little bit. So they, uh, they're they probably going to drive play. Pretty talented team. Kind of nervous, Steve. I don't know how you're feeling about Tuesday. I think we need Carter to have a big game on Tuesday. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we need Hart to have a, a good game. And it's always tough against the Maple Leafs. It, it really is. They are a very talented team, and it's terrible news that they're starting to get their footing back with Sheldon Yeah, no, it's real bad news. It's, it's yeah. it, In a way, it was Babcock kind of feels like a coach that may have hampered the potential of like how much of a threat they are offensively. And I feel like Sheldon Keefe... Uh, his, the systems they've talked about with him and the way he kind of wants his teams to work, it sounds like he fits in directly with how this Leafs team is built. So if that's the case, the league might be kind of screwed because the Leafs are a pretty loaded team. Uh, and just looking at just looking at their top three scorers right now, Austin Matthews has 16 goals and 31 points so far this season. William Nylander has 11 goals and 11 helpers for 22 points in 28 games. And then John Tavares, who missed time with a broken finger, uh, 20 points in 21 games. He already has 10 goals this season. He's only played 21 games. So all three of those guys, the Flyers are going to have to worry about. And like I said, they got lucky because Marner's still out. So uh, kind of weirdly convenient timing for the Flyers because Marner got hurt in the Flyers game, and now he's going to miss now the next two games against the Flyers. So the Flyers got a little bit lucky on that front, but still uh, not going to be an easy game on Tuesday. No, it definitely uh, and, won't be an, an easy game. And I, I do find it interesting that the Flyers went from a young coach to an older, more experienced coach, and that's helped them turn things around. And the Maple Leafs went from an older, more experienced coach to a young coach, and that is helping them turn things around. Of course, the, the common thread all along here is Dave Haxtell involved either, in you know, in some way. Yeah, yeah, pretty much it's just, you know, Dave Hack wherever Dave Haxtell goes, it seems like people... uh people are going to be getting fired. But uh, I, th- I think one, the one positive or the one thing the Flyers should be able to uh, kind of look forward to is the fact that they're going to be, uh, they should be getting uh, the Leafs back up because the Leafs play on Wednesday as well. Uh, and it, they shouldn't be seeing Frederick Anderson. They should be seeing uh, Hutchinson, who has had quite a bit of a week. I mean, Backup goaltending has been the second biggest discussion in Toronto behind um, Babcock's departure. So the Flyers should benefit from from playing the Leafs backup, but still, I uh, I think it will be a little bit of a, a tough matchup. Well, always a tough matchup with the Leafs, and always an unpredictable matchup when the Flyers play their opponent that they play on Thursday, the Arizona Coyotes, another yeah. home game, 7 p.m. on NBC Sports Philly. And the, the Coyotes, I don't even know how they're doing this year because they're the Coyotes and who really gives a crap. But 
that's neither here nor there. I feel like the Flyers always have very unusual games against the Coyotes, and they're consistently a pretty bad team, yet the Flyers seem to consistently have some trouble with the Coyotes. Well, I will say this. If they if they do have trouble this year, it looks like the Coyotes are a little bit better of a team. Uh, but also, you're right, weird shit does go down with the Coyotes, and I'm thinking of uh, last year's game in Philadelphia where I believe the Coyotes scored two shorthanded goals on the same penalty kill. So so that happened, and then Ghost won in overtime. So a really weird game, just in general. And then this year, you got to throw on the Phil Kessel factor, and then the fact that the Coyotes are 15-9-4 with a plus-11 goal differential to sit second in the Pacific and eighth in the entire league. So they're doing all right. Some of their underlying numbers don't look great, but really, really good goaltending. Uh, and they've kind of shifted their focus towards the defensive side of the puck, it seems, and it's been it's been paying off so far. So it it should I think it should still be a win. It's just going to be a really close, defensive, somewhat boring game for a win. But well, you uh, mentioned the goaltending, and I can't believe these numbers that I'm reading here. Darcy yeah. Kemper ten six and two with a nine thirty five save percentage, one ninety seven GAA, two shutouts. Antti Ranta, 5-3-2 with a 9-24 save percentage and a 2-6-6 GAA, one shutout. Holy crap, that is really yes. good for both of those guys. No, no, really good. And I was going to say, I thought Ranta was a starter, but uh, Kemper's got eight more starts, and I don't believe Ranta. Ranta missed some time with illness, but it shouldn't have been enough to be an eight-game differential already. So this is a back-to-back, uh, and it's in the middle of their four-game road trip, uh, the Coyotes, over the next week. But there's really not... One of those, either of those guys is an easier an, op, an easier option for the Flyers to go up against. So one way or another, they're gonna have to figure out a way to solve Arizona's uh, goaltending. Which, what fucking world are we living in where you gotta say that sentence? <laughs> we gotta worry about the Coyotes' goaltending. But uh, uh, have you already forgotten Ilya Brzezgalov, the doy? Oh uh, yeah, or maybe yeah, Brian right, Boucher. Oh uh, yeah, well I mean, okay, so eight years. You're right. I'm sorry, eight years. I'm talking about here. It's been that long. <laughs> I mean. I think uh, any team in the playoffs, specifically the Red Wings, had a solution for Ilya Brzezgalov. Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? To also dunk on myself here, I think Devin, Devin Dubnik had a good season 2014-15. So we're five, five years. It's been five years since the Coyotes have done anything. Yeah, but it's, it was Devin Dubnik and the Coyotes, so. Yeah, like, so really. Well, does it count? <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's like a tree it. falling in the woods and nobody hears it. Another Il- Ilya Brzezgalov, uh, yeah. I don't think uh, that was Ilya Brzezgalov that said that originally, but let's credit him. <laughs> I like to see it in my mind. The tree like fallen woods. Does goaltending count? Uh, Coyotes, okay. Tie for, Coyotes are tied for 23rd in goals per game, but they're also second in goals against per game, which makes sense because we just read all of the, uh, the goaltending stats. Uh, 17th power play percentage, 15th in PK. The penalty kill is interesting because last year their penalty kill was bonkers. They finished tied for first with an 85% conversion rate. And then they finished second with 16 shorthanded goals. Uh, And then they fired their PK coach. And now their PK is in the middle of the pack and they're not as aggressive on offense. So don't get what was going on there. I'll take it because that only helps the Flyers, if anything. Uh, 27th in shot attempts, 4 percentage. 22nd expected goals, four percentage, and they are in the bottom 10 of every major uh, underlying number except for expected goals against per 60, which they are ninth. So the only thing they really do well in terms of underlying numbers is 
limit the number of high danger chances against, which again makes sense because they are their goaltenders are posting uh, a lot of good numbers. So Flyers might get a lot of shots tomorrow, but they might it might be a lot of perimeter action with very limited chances uh, in the slot or down low. That would be my guess at tomorrow's uh, game script. So, uh, so but again, you mean you mean Thursday, Thursday, by the way? You Thursday, mean Thursday. They're not playing. Yeah, they're not playing Toronto, and yeah, that'd be crazy. But Thursday game script. So, but yeah, I think it should be a win. And this was I, I would go with Carter Hart in this one. And there's really nobody, nobody on the team is really an offensive threat. Uh, I mean, Steve. But what Howell, about our good old friend Hot Dog Phil? Yeah, Hot Dog Phil. Hot Dog Phil hasn't been uh, chomping down those dogs lately because uh, he's only got 14 points in 28 games. Uh, four goals, three of which are power play goals. So he has one five and five goal all season. On top of that, he also had a two goal game. So he's only scored in three of the 28 games the Coyotes have played so far. So Hot Dog Vendor's just not as good out there in Arizona as they were in Toronto and Pittsburgh. It's that simple. Yeah, they call them desert dogs out there, and he doesn't know that that's just what Arizona calls hot dogs. And he's like, ah, fuck, I don't even know. Where do I get these hot dogs? I don't know where to get any of these. Uh, speaking Can of the I other... get them without nachos on them? I don't understand. <laughs> just before, just he just lives in the Arizona Diamondback Stadium, just trying to get the fanciest, like, fattest possible hot dogs to get. You know, he's just hanging out in that, like, jacuzzi they have in center field. Yeah, that is like the only reason I think I'd want to go to Arizona is to just swim in that Diamondbacks pool. That's it. I they're I mean, the ones with the pool in center field, right? Yeah, yeah, no, they are. Yeah, okay. they've had the same. Yeah, they've had the same stadium forever. So do a little bit of that, and then uh, hang out with Adam Jones. Get the fuck out of town. Uh, but Steve, do you remember me? I don't know if you're gonna remember this because it was me when I was talking about the draft stuff years ago. You remember a guy named Connor Garland? Of course you know. That's yeah, of course I, I do. It's all you talked about, and I'm always like, yeah, Garland, of course. I, I know him. Good old Connie Gars. Good old CG lighting up the scoreboard down in Arizona. He has a team-leading 10 goals. This was a guy. Here's a guy. I used to talk about him because he was an overage prospect for the 2015 draft, and he was 5'10", 165 pounds, but he scored all the goals. And everybody's like, mm, he's 5'10", and I'm like, yeah but he scored a hundred goals this year. So maybe somebody should just take a late round flyer on him and maybe he can contribute for your team at the NHL level. And here we are. He is leading an NHL team in goals at the end of November. So I'm just, I'm not saying I called it. I'm not saying you should always listen to me. I'm just saying I nailed it is all. So please ignore the flyers picks and just focus on me pointing out that I called out Connor Garland making the NHL one day. I'm not saying I told you so, but I'm saying I told you so. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's exactly that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then the other uh, their leading point getter is uh, Nick Schmaltz, who they got from the Hawks. He has 20 points in 28 games. Nick Schmaltz for Brendan Perlini and Dylan Strom. Still don't know what to make of that trade. Dylan Strom has been better in Chicago than I thought he'd be, but I like been a big fan of Nick Schmaltz forever. And Brendan Perlini is now in Detroit. But that's uh, but can he skate? Uh, as we know, Strom's can't skate. Strom's can't straight. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's a big problem, but he he's doing all right for not skating. I, I do like Chicago's method of how they beat the entire league with just flying into the zone and quick guys like Kane and Saad and Hosa and Taze flying all over the ice. They're not Taze, but you get the idea. And now they're going to Kirby Doc and Dylan Strom, who are just big, gigantic bodies who don't really fit into their whole uh, success on the transition game. But it's good. I like it. It's uh, good. The, it's the, great. 
What's that? It's good. It's great. It's grand, yeah. Uh, Gail Chanyak, who the, the Pens got in the, the Castle trade, nine points in 17 games so far, one goal. And then the big piece that they got in return is Pierre Olivier Joseph, uh, puck moving defenseman who went 23rd overall in 2017. He's got one assist in 10 games so far with the uh, the Guido Pens down in the AHL. So the uh, trade's working out great for everybody. It's, yeah, everybody's happy they traded people because it's definitely benefited everybody. Definitely <laughs> but, benefited everybody. Okay, so so the Coyotes on Thursday, and then the Flyers. No back to backs, right? No back to backs this week. No. Wow, uh, they, yeah, I'm they the, uh, legitimate. The they, they legitimate wow on that front. So yeah, the Flyers move from from former losers to current losers that they lost to mm-hmm, this season. Yeah. So I can't t- talk too much trash. But uh, Saturday. 1 p.m. versus the Ottawa Senators, 1 p.m. on NBC Sports Philly. And yes, the Flyers infamously lost to the Senators 2-1 to <laughs> earlier this season. I left the movie, came out, saw the score, and said, I, are you kidding me? Good I God. I you describing it <laughs> like a president was assassinated. <laughs> like in this infamous day in our, our history. And I mean, you told us how, where you were. <laughs> that's how I feel about that loss. That's how I feel about the... The Eagles Dolphins loss. I, you know, this is how sports hits me. Like, I can't even complete that sentence. But (laughs) hopefully, this goes better for the Flyers this time against the Senators than it did the previous time. And it should, I mean, in theory, it should go well. In theory. Yeah, in theory, it should. I think it will this time around for a couple reasons. Again, they lost to the centers already, so now they know to not necessarily sleep on them. And then also, it's not part of a back-to-back, or there's not a, a opponent they have to worry about the next day that's better. And they had to play the Islanders the next day, so it could have been a trap game. I mean, it was a trap game since they lost it. Uh, but just straight up, the centers are just not a great team. Uh, they had surprisingly decent underlying numbers, but overall, terrible team. Uh, 29th in the league. 11-15-1, minus 15 goal differential. Tied for 27th in goals per game. I mean, that's no Red Wings goal differential, but that's pretty bad. That's yeah, pretty bad. And also, you know what the I mean, Red Wings goal differential I'm is, hoping, by the way, right? I'm just hoping the Red Wings clear 164. I want them to get minus 164, so then they average losing every game by two goals. That's they're minus 56 right now, so they're on their way. I was going to say, I think they're actually, yeah, they're actually actively on pace for it, which is amazing, <laughs> but... Uh, Going back to yeah, the Sens are yeah, thirty first ranked pa- uh, power play for the Sens too, thirteenth ranked penalty kill. So the Flyers should not be allowing any power play goals on Saturday. In theory, let's knock on some wood. And then underlying numbers terrible in shot attempts, four percentage. Uh, they are third to last in terms of the amount of shot attempts they allow uh, per sixty. So not great. The Flyers should be able to generate shots towards uh, whoever's in net. And then. 11th and expected goals for percentage, which is pretty surprising considering the team. They're sixth in terms of uh, generating high danger chance or scoring chances, expected goals for per 60, which is, uh, I mean, to me, that's pretty surprising considering who the senators are. But that really, I mean, again, it shouldn't really matter at all because the Flyers are just a more skilled team. And when you look at the J, J.G. Pajot leads the Senators with 14 goals, which is a lot, but it's J.G. Pajot. And then their second best player is Anthony Duclair, who they got this summer. Uh, he has 10 goals, and he's probably going to be moved 
by the deadline if he keeps scoring at this rate and keeps reducing at this rate. So they, I don't know I, any of the names you've, you've <laughs> yeah, the just, I mean, they're not, and I mean, I'll keep going wrong with more names here. I was looking at some of their uh, advanced stats today. They have three players. I'll try and explain this whole process real quick. Three players with a five relative expected goals for percentage or better. And I'll dumb that. I'll dumb that down. I'll break that down. Uh, so expect the goals for percentage is pretty much the, it's not just total shot attempts. It's uh, factoring in the quality of the shot attempts. So you, again, you want to be higher than 50 in that, but the relative angle is let's say whoever is on the ice is on the ice for one of two goals. So their ex- goals for percentage is 50. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to be able to explain this. This is going to be too much. Just forget it. Dylan DeMello's got a... <laughs> I mean, it's going to be, I just realized I, it's not going to be, I'll explain it at a later date. But pretty You're just much talking about players. nerd stuff, you know, blah, 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 nerd yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much, I was just like. Just tell I, us I why like, these I'm guys like are that. good, Craig. <laughs> no, I was like, I'm not going to be able to break this down in this little. What but, did your uh, eyes show you? They got, they got three players who are above five in that, in that category. And that is probably the reason why their numbers as a whole are brought up so much because these three players Dylan DeMello, Brady Kachuk, and Colin White are doing so well at five and five out on the ice. Dylan DeMello is the biggest surprise to me because he's kind of you're just an average defenseman. He's a 26-year-old right-hand defenseman who they got in the Eric Carlson trade. He only has two assists in 27 games so far, and last year he had a career-high 22 points. So this is the guy that is hands-down leading the Sens in possession metrics in terms of how well they do with him on and off the ice. Uh, Brady Kachuk is actually legit. Uh, he's 9.08. He has 15 points so far. And I know 97 him. shots on goal in 27 games. Uh, yeah, and oh wait, did you do it? Did you do your thing? The oh, the yeah, I know. Well, I know Brady Kachuk, but I also, of course, know his dad, Keith Kachuk, who uh, had the great commercial back in the day. What's the sound of the? Was it the puck hitting the back of the neck? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's the sound of the puck hitting the back of the net? Kachuk, Kachuk. They all. They all kind of look like him too, so that's that's real annoying. And they all they all talk a lot of shit. Brady Kachuk, I think, is the calmest out of the three, but he's still he still yeah, absolutely still gets involved a little. But he's gonna he'll he'll have his chances on on Saturday. He'll draw to the outside, crash on that, you know, provide some very JVR looking chances that nobody wants in Philly. Uh, and then he was taken fourth overall in 2018, so he's a big part of their, their future going forward. Um, and then Colin White uh, at 5.07. 22-year-old center taken, uh, 21st overall in 2015, five points and 27 shots to go in 20 games. So those, like Dylan DeMello and Colin White, when you look at everything else outside of the relative numbers, they're they're fine. But that just kind of speaks to how bad the centers are as a team overall, that these three guys are, well, not really Kachuk, but the other two are kind of the ones leading the way right now. A guy that has five points, who should be good in the future. But then also Dylan DeMello, who is very much just a... Uh, a journeyman defenseman. So two wins, Steve. That's what I'm throwing down. Everybody can yell at me afterwards, but I'm thinking I plan on it. <laughs> they should Coyotes play really low scoring games. I don't think they've allowed four goals. They allowed four goals against on Saturday, but that was the first time in a minute. Uh so Thursday should be a pretty low scoring game. I hope the Flyers win two to one, three to one, and then they should blow the doors off the uh, the Senators. Well, and you're really hoping after the Flyers went and took care of business against the Red Wings that they will blow the doors off the Senators. Yeah. That, that was just yeah. such a relief 
to to see them go in and play a game against an opponent that they should beat the crap out of and actually beat the crap out of them. So yeah. I I would really like to see them replicate that again against the Senators. That'd be nice. It does not sound like this Coyotes game is going to be very exciting, but this Toronto game should be a blast. Yeah, the Toronto game should hands down be the most difficult and the most entertaining on the watch this week. The Toronto one, I'm actually a little bit excited because I do want to see how good the Leafs are now that they aren't you know, they all don't actively want to murder their coach. So I want to see how they actually are when they actually want to go out there and play because it is a pretty loaded team. And as Bill, I think Bill was talking about the episode we filled in, but as hockey fans, we should want to see the Maple Leafs do well because, and not because of the Toronto angle, believe me, I'm there with you, but the Maple Leafs as a whole, just because of the way they've built the team. And if more teams build teams the way that the Leafs are trying to to win, uh, the league's going to be pretty fun and exciting, and there's going to be a lot of juggernauts in the league, and there's going to be a lot of teams that are just offense first and that play with a lot of speed. So, right, but on the one hand, juggernauts, but on the other hand, Toronto misery? I know, uh, It's a I tough know. decision. It's, it's a tough decision. Uh, we might have to bite the bullet for the better of the league here, though. Like, we might have no. to put up with every Sportsnet article for two years talking about how the Leafs won the Cup. But, I mean, if it means we get to watch better hockey for the rest of our lives, I... I don't know, Steve. I think we might have to do it. No. Well, we'll we'll circle back to this. We have plenty of time. The Leafs are probably going to have to play the Bruins in the playoffs anyway, so we may not have to talk about it. But I, you know, that's that's like a fly or die choice, and it's die all the way. <laughs> yep, that's. <laughs> um, I did the only thing I was going to talk about goalie management this week, Steve, because uh, there's no back to backs. So in theory, you would just throw out Carter each, uh, for each game. I think they should play Elliott on Saturday because. Again, not going to be a stressful situation for him. He's not playing too many games in a row. Yeah, yeah. And it's an easy team that the Flyers should beat with Hart or Elliott in net. Take away one less star for Hart, give him a little more rest. Also, this is a situation if you don't, if you let Hart sit on Saturday, you give him a five-day break in the middle of the season. And this is a situation that later in the month the Flyers should do again because they host, or they're in Ottawa on the 21st, they host the Rangers on the 23rd, and then they play the Sharks on the 28th. So, if Elliott starts that Rangers game, Hart has a six-day break in there. So this so you're would thinking be one hard, way to kind of. What's this now? Hard heart moose. Yeah, hard heart moose. That's right. That pattern, and then just make it a lot of heart and a little bit of moose from there on out. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's kinda... also it's Gritty's favorite game is hard heart moose, and. Oh well, we shouldn't don't say that too many times because that might actually be, that might actually be an intermission game coming up here. It's bound to happen any second. <laughs> Seriously. But, uh, you know, give Hart a little bit of rest throughout the season. And uh, November was a pretty busy month. This month's a little less, a uh, little bit less uh, jammed on the schedule front. But still, given those nice five to week long breaks in the middle of the year, wouldn't be bad for him. Well, and as you mentioned, it's nice to see Hart coming into his own and playing as a, a increasingly confident starter. And Brian Elliott actually used like Brian Elliott should be used at the age yeah. of 34. And you sparingly used in a backup role, and he has uh, he's played well when given the chance because he is not completely broken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It is nice to see him when he's not uh, forced to play like three games in a row in a matter of two days. It's nice to see Brian Elliott when he actually has time to like eat a meal outside of his starts, and he's not run to the ground by Hackstall. He's not just like shoving a Cliff Bar into his face as he gets back on the ice. <laughs> Get back out there, Brian. I'm sorry, Hark. You know he's too young. That's what that's what the defense used to always be for Hart. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
I mean, he is pretty young. He's, he's pretty young. Yeah. He's the wee but, baby you know, heart. He's, he's, like, he's mature he's, beyond his years. He's like that little baby Yoda out there. You know, you just want to keep him safe and let him do a special thing every now and then. <laughs> he does have more mobility than the baby Yoda, it looks like. It looks like the baby Yoda kit. He's got terrible lateral movement. He, he probably does a terrible, terrible lateral movement. He's, he, does, he could not get around the crease very quickly. <laughs> he looked like Ray Emery there, late stage of his career. Oh, oh. Yeah, it was, it was not moving well at that point. Yeah, let's talk about Players of the Week before we keep going on. About players season. of the Week! Who does players Craig have? So last week, okay, let's recap last week. So last week, Craig went Claude Giroux. Pretty uh, good show for Claude Giroux. The captain mm-hmm. had one goal, one assist, two points. And one of those goals uh, was the winner in Columbus? I, I believe so, yeah. I think so. Yeah, because it was Pitlick and then Lawton, and then I believe Drew had the winner in the second, and then they uh, just kind of sat on that lead, gave it the good old Haxtell third, and uh, hung yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. I went with <laughs> I went with Sean Couturier, and Coots uh, had a hell of a week. Two goals, three assists, five points, and he's looking great right now. Yeah. I, honestly, at this point, I, I just want to get this out there because I'm aware of what's happening with these picks. I think when it comes to playoff time, you have to pick two players because they usually do pretty well. Well, I think a lot of the uh, the the listeners will be will recall when I accidentally picked one of the worst flyers to to really shine in Valtteri Filpula <laughs> when I had offered to buy an O'Filpula Irish jersey if <laughs> the Flyers won that Penguin series and he was a, a pivotal part of it and then he went out and had the game of his life. He no joke. Probably had the game of his life. Shorthanded goal, a lot of plays on defense. <laughs> it was, it was, un- it was amazing. Yeah, I was sweating that. I was like pricing out of Phil Pula jerseys. I was very close <laughs> to buying that. So, uh, yeah, you you had G last week. I had Coots. Both uh, had pretty good weeks, though. I don't think there's a, a loser for us. No, last week. Uh, this and week, I won the Flyers on a losing streak too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- this week, who are you going with, Craig? I'm going with Oski Boy. Going with the Oski uh, Boy. Yeah, Swedish Stank, uh, the Big L, uh, the Grouch, Bartulis. Get them all out there. I'm, I'm picking him this week. He's due for another surge of three or four games where he gets like five points. And uh, I may as well make sure that happens next week because I'm picking him this week. So look for him to go off next week and not this week. Uh, yeah. So I got. Okay. Oh, well, I got the risky pick this week. I got the risky. Yeah, you do. I. I'm going with Shane Gostaspare. Shane Gostaspare recently scratched, and for good reason. For good reason. He was not playing well, and it makes sense. But Ghost came in, he finally scored a goal, and I, th- he's my pick. I think he's going to he's gonna get on the scoreboard a couple times this week. I, not necessarily goals, but maybe a couple apples in there. But, you know, I, I think Shane is going to start catching up with this offense a little bit this is at least my great hope but i uh i'm seeing some encouraging signs would like to see more out of shane so he is my pick for player of the week yeah i'm i'm hoping your pick of the week turns it around too and has a pretty big week this week as well i mean he looked all right on friday and the goal did help but he did also have he had some other good plays on friday uh i just the the only thing that's left is he just needs to he needs to start producing now and uh I don't know if this rotation with Myers and Hag is really going to help that, but uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping you're right. And this is the week he gets two or three points and a couple assists kind of jumpstart everything. Yeah, well, 
we'll see. We shall see. And uh, we'd all like to see Ghost Bear get back to that that celebratory emoji uh, Ghost Bear <laughs> that we all know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got on the forecast this week. Should be a, a fun Flyers week ahead. Well, we're hoping. Yeah, if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. You working on anything for Broad Street Hockey right now, Craig? I am. I was going to look at the PK and talk about why it's so much better right now than it was last year and previous seasons. Just kind of talk about how the personnel is performing and just kind of how what the differences are in the number of chances they're shot against they're limiting while uh, on the penalty kill. So that should be out. It's not going to be out Tuesday. It should be out Wednesday. All right, good stuff. And then that's uh, and then we got the perps. That's the only uh, that's the other thing right now. We got the perps. What night are you thinking for the perps this week, Craig? Thinking to record on Wednesday, and then you ready for this too? We we'll put it out Thursday. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, Drop wow. that puppy out on a Thursday. Oh wow. Well, speaking of fly purbly, you can follow me at fly purbly. You can also follow me at Estebomb, but make it fly purbly. So we will be recording fly purbly later this week. We have flyers forecast weekly i filled in for the first time ever and maybe only yes. time ever on a post game <laughs> uh, you don't know on saturday night i i might know and it might be never again but we'll see <laughs> I, I had a good time doing it so it was uh nice to fill in even though i didn't do the whole facebook thing because uh i uh am you know i have that phantom of the opera face that i have to cover up and, and nobody needs that so <laughs> It did not happen on the Facebook, but I did do a post game, so please check that out. And uh, I also misspelled Proveroff on the auto tweet, so that was fun. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Proveroff. That's uh, that getting a little dicey, but I think I, honestly, if you got the fan of the after thing going on, you might have to do all of them, and then just <laughs> sing for each post game reaction. So nobody's actually paying attention to the analysis. We just need we need gimmicky things right now. So if you got the fan of the after face going on. I'll chug Bud Heavies while listening to Journey or something. Like, I will pick up something. It can't be, you know, it can't all be about the Flyers, is what I'm saying. It can't all be about the Flyers. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely. Well, listen to the post games, usually with the great Bill Matz hosting. Uh, listen to BSH Radio with Steph, Kelly, Charlie, Bill, all your favorites. And, of course, listen to Fly Purbly, listen to Checking Out the Competition, all these great podcasts that we are offering you on Broad Street Hockey to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers, the best team in the NHL in the month of November. How about that? How you like them apples? Oh, baby. It's a spicy meatball. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gang, that's all we got. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, good night and good hockey.